Somebody's juice trees are crowding my village. Somebody's cheese kick is giving me chills. I just popped round to say hi. Flip on BBC, bow down to Jimmy. That do be reading the original Greek. We all know that vet is a horse. I'd like people to know if you can't find Hilda, then the cat network can. I'd like people to know. Justin Elliot wants to kill Superman. I'm sorry, restaurant owner. Your gender's granola. Don't open the gate. The cows will invade the fate. Declaring war on the United States. English heritage out to get me because I said Stonehenge wasn't that great. to know that squash is a villain sport I'd like people to know I'll see the writers in court Dear Dodgers I write you though I am under 50 what happened with the bunting I thought that plot was nifty before this play game there was fire there was rain Grace Rider brings you pain Akamansi drowns you in the flood to know the BBC can lick my it's time to go let's write some fucking shit play Wonderwall <laughs> Hello, this is the show. We're doing the show. Should I start the show properly or should I just do the show like this? Who knows? It's the show. <laughs> I think this, this is the show. This has always been the show. Uh, I... Everything's the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I've, we've gone mad. Um, hello and welcome to Ambridge to Nowhere. I'm Alex. And um, I'm someone who, unfortunately, their grandma listens to this podcast sometimes. <laughs> so we say words on this show and we don't mean them. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know any words. I'm a li- I'm illiterate. <laughs> I can't read. Um, I... I just make sounds, and they happen to sound like um, uh, sex words sometimes. I grandma. Uh, my... <laughs> My my grandma doesn't listen to this show. My dad listened to like the first three episodes of the show, and then he went, "You swear too much," and he stopped listening. <laughs> to be fair, she regularly forgets too. So if I stop talking to her about it, then she'll never listen to this episode, and um, you know, her opinion of me will stay the same. <laughs> that's it's already pretty that's bad. That's always the goal <laughs> with uh, podcast producing: is that you want your your family to disown you for credit on the internet. I mean, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> uh, so as you can obviously tell, this is a, an Archer's show. I'm not really sure what it is, to be honest. Obviously. Obviously, it's an Archer's <laughs> show. It's about the Archers, uh, which is still happening, still going on. In June of 2020, it is still happening. Uh, yeah. Do you want to... Well, this show is, is about the Archers by people that the archers is not for i don't even listen ray i mean you, you you're doing such a good you're job you're supposed Alex. to listen I'm to really... the show i'm just disappointed you're supposed to be the one that listens to the show and you told me before we okay. started recording that you don't listen anymore well okay i tried to but like many noble everyday people in this country full of dreamers who have taken to Twitter to make who sure they understand to Twitter that the... to discuss their feelings because, uh, you know, n- no one, just no one, these millennials, they won't pick up a pen and uh, write an angry, slightly racist letter to the BBC anymore. <laughs> I mean, how times have changed. Um, why are there so? Why are there people who don't like look like me in your period dramas? You know that kind of thing. Yeah. I don't think black people existed before 1940. Uh Uh-huh. Anyway, um, yeah, so uh, the the new format is different. Um, So is it worth mentioning that this, this last episode, I posited a theory that the Archers has fully expanded into its own parallel universe, the only difference being... That COVID nineteen yeah. didn't exist in that universe, I mean, and that was proof that I needed to prove that ghosts exist, which was my ultimate theory. Uh, that's important to you. That it's so now COVID nineteen so has come to Ambridge, mm. which is not surprising. They're a very at risk group. They have a higher than av- like an older <laughs> than average population. They I was they, gonna they, say that. they spend a lot of their time close together. Like no one ever texts or sends emails. They all walk to each other's houses to tell each other menial shit. So it's understandable yeah. that it would be a very communicable disease. So to combat this, they've decided to be boring. I mean, I'm wondering if they're gonna. I know. I'm thinking. Everyone's thinking it. Are they gonna kill off a character? I mean, if they're acknowledging the other reason they would not acknowledge this is real is that half the cast is like over, like half the characters are. Over they should 16. all be shielding. <laughs> the whole, I mean, the whole of the the cast of the show should be shielding right now. Like the characters should all be at home for twelve weeks, so they're in isolation. And what what is the show now? 
so this is as much as I know. So the first I heard of this was so I spoke to my grandma yesterday and specifically asked her about the archers. Um, that was my it was her birthday, so I I was reading her poetry. But then my my special treat that I got, even though it wasn't my birthday, was hearing her opinion about the archers. <laughs> um, happy birthday, Gran! I love you. You're very special to me, as is your opinion about the archers. So, um, she said, oh, I don't know if you've been listening, it's terrible. And at first I thought she was saying, oh, they finally got back into the plot, um, and they were doing more about the slavery or something like that. And I was like, probably, probably pretty terrible. Oh no, um, it's much worse. <laughs> but no, she was like, no, it's just unlistenable. And I was like, oh no, really that bad? And she's like, yeah they're doing monologues <laughs> the horror um basically i managed two-thirds of an episode most of which was just david archer rambling about how much he hates his terrible sons which i mean valid but it's not exactly entertaining right so it's monologues uh I mean, of people in self-isolation see, to me as we've established before, I'm a little pretentious. To me, monologue, despite being just sort of a general term, has a little bit of gravitas to it, which I kind of associate with, you know, my love of Shakespeare so and So what you in want general. is David Archer doing a soliloquy? I mean, I wouldn't hate it. <laughs> the point being... I would love it. I mean, I still think about them all doing the Canterbury Tales. It was pretty hot. Oh, God. I mean, woof. As if the Canterbury Tales wasn't sexy enough already. As if Geoffrey Chaucer wasn't sexy enough. I mean, not bothering to finish his own masterpiece is nothing more attractive to me than... There's nothing more attractive than procrastinating until you die. Yeah, basically... (laughs) Uh, okay, Honestly, so... like, it's the only thing... It, it's a tricky thing that that's such a specific, like, like thing I'd be interested in in a person because it re- kind of requires their death. And kind of implying I'm some sort of, like, you know, Alt-J-style ghost fucker. <laughs> um, Dead Crush is such a weird song. That's a tangent. Um, <laughs> so... Don't really want to hear about how you want to fuck Anne Boleyn, to be honest. Oxford, Cambridge boys. I think they went to Cambridge. So instead of talking about these monologues... <laughs> yeah, we're not going to do what that. Are, what are we doing? What's the show now? What up. is this show now? What's the point? Why are any of us so here? So I, I, I gave you a little preview beforehand. I feel like you're ready to write the show. I mean, it's, it's springtime. Spring watches on the telly. It's time for me to fledge the nest. Uh, yes. Like like so many blue tits before me, uh, I've got to spread my tiny, tiny wings and take the first steps into writing my own Archer's episode. So, we're going to focus on one middle-of-the-week episode, but you need to kind of expand how it relates to the whole week's plot. Okay. And the month's plot, so you need to kind of like talk about like what is going on long term and short term okay, and what's okay. happening in the episode. You can ask me any characters' names, obviously. 
um, you can ask me um, what's a like fun thing that's happened with blank. You can ask me, as I am an expert, anything you need to know about farming, and I definitely won't have any Wikipedia articles okay, open. Okay, great. Um, you know, uh, plows, tractors, herbal lays, all, all words that I know and understand. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Those are all the words I know. <laughs> Those are understand. all the words you know and understand. <laughs> uh, okay, so I, I think you are uh, overestimating my abilities to know who anyone is. Despite having done, done well, that's the, show the thing for such is you can time. ask me like who would be a good character for blank like you can ask me anything okay. or you can okay. ask me like locations or I w- I was thinking if you like what I could do is I could give you um, five words as well and you have to include oh them in yeah the story. great that sounds great okay okay word one uh, Pavlova okay. Word two, grain. That's an grain. Easy one. I feel like yeah, that's a given. I can fit. Gra- I think there's grain in every episode, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, it's more of a sort of hay kind of show, <laughs> actually. Um, more, more about the hay. Um, free serendipity. Oh. It's gonna give you just like a meaty one. There. Yeah, I feel like I can. I, I'm I'm linking Pavlova and Serendipity. I feel like all Pavlovas <laughs> are serendipitous in some way. Four, palava. Ooh, that's fun. There'll be some kind of <laughs> mix-up may- there. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, five. Terrorism. Of course. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's where my head's at. You mentioned. Mm-hmm. The bunting, again, yes, which brought me back to our very first episode where we talked about the bunting and how I still don't know what happened. <laughs> no one, they never finished the plot. Okay, so that's what it's I'm going to do. Driving me right? crazy. I'm going to, I'm going to finish it. Oh, you're going to finish yeah. it. So we are now in a timeline where COVID exists, and therefore the archers can't get together in large groups. So, question. Gone. Is Scooby Doo still? Is it so? Is it now in the good Scooby Doo timeline? Uh, Could the good Scooby Doo gang? Oh, is in our ghosts be... real? Yeah, ghosts. Ghosts are real. Well, no. If we're in the good Scooby Doo, we we agreed that the good Scooby Doo timeline has COVID in it and ghosts aren't real. Oh, right. I see. <laughs> yes. Okay. Because we agreed if COVID isn't real, then ghosts are real. That was right, the decision. Okay. Well, it's just that, that it came so late. excellent train of logic. I'm, I'm, still, that... I'm still thinking that we might be in the ghosts are real timeline because COVID just came very late. Like, how, oh, how was Co- Borsetshire so well protected for so long? COVID came very late and may or may not be Scrappy-Doo's fault. <laughs> um yeah so so if we're we're in a timeline where i'm acknowledging that that covid is in ambridge so what i'm saying is and i don't know if this has been discussed in the show at all that the summer fate mm-hmm. can't happen Tragic. right so i'm sure that's a big deal because they live in a village and for some reason white english people that live in villages love a fate um it's an excuse to drink pims at four o'clock in the afternoon and abandon your children on a bouncy castle um but alas mm. this is not possible this year so what are we gonna Pins do right the so the people of ambridge they're gonna come together and they're gonna have 
an online fate. An e-fate, if you will. <coughs> um, Why is that so funny? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so an e-fate is, is going to be taking place. Uh, so my episode is going to be a very particular preparation of the e-fate. Uh, and it's going to be all about the bake sale. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be right. all about... So it's, so my episode, my midweek episode, is about the preparation of the bake sale. Um, so that's the week's storyline is like lead up to E-Fate. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the month storyline is obviously, you know, Summer Fate Madness. Uh, you've got the, the lead up. You've got the planning, the lead up, the preparations, the actual fate itself. Something horrible is obviously going to happen. And then you've got mm-hmm. the aftermath mm-hmm. of dealing with possibly a terrorist insurgency in the uh in the e-fate <laughs> so, anonymous um, hacked into the e-fate so, so my prompts would be excellent work by the way already <laughs> um there's definitely going to be something genuinely serious going wrong and there's also got to be someone being embarrassed okay so great. someone's got to someone's got to experience mild to moderate embarrassment at this fate uh, usually that's the usual village event dynamic is someone is experiencing something life destroying and someone else is is mildly put out <laughs> okay great that sounds pretty much like every village fate also, I've ever been to. also you definitely need to decide who's the special guest at this fate can it be a real person it can absolutely be a real person. Uh, they got like some. They genuinely got some like really mildly BBC famous person at one of the Archer's Fates ones. You think about who you want, and I'm gonna look up. I oh, I already have the answer. Guessed. I know exactly who it's gonna be. Uh, and this is inspired by uh, Doctors. You know the BBC show Doctors. It's a daytime TV show about a GP uh, surgery. Yeah. There was an episode mm-hmm. called like the Pasquale Problem. And it was about this woman who was convinced that Joe Pasquale was stalking her. And Joe Pasquale was in the episode and he played like four different people because she kept we kept seeing the, the, the shots from her perspective and everyone was Joe Pasquale. So obviously he's down for it. So I'm getting Joe Pasquale to be the special guest at the fate. Because what an iconic radio voice. How did they get him for the fate? Uh, so it's he is actually the brother-in-law of um jonathan is there a jonathan um i don't think there is damn it it's like racking my brain if there's a jonathan i've forgotten about i don't think there is Uh, i'm so sorry what about uh clive that's my dad (laughs) he's your dad's (laughs) brother-in-law i didn't know you were related to joe pasquale (laughs) <laughs> i mean um, uh okay he, he's got to be he's 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 the brother-in-law of a minor character who works in the public sector do you, do you give me one of those <laughs> a minor character who works in the public sector yeah someone who might like work for the council or something um I guess our main recourse is that he's someone that the Borchester Trust knows. So right. he, God, he what's, in... what if it's Vince Casey? What if Vince Casey gets him for the fate? <laughs> Vince Casey's brother-in-law, Joe Pasquale, 
is just listen to how fantastic that sentence is <laughs> yeah it's great um because uh, back in 1993, Joe Pasquale uh, actually released a uh, a series of Borsetshire wines. They were British wines, and um, 1990s was a bad decade for British wine. Frankly, any decade was a bad decade for British wine. So uh, Joe Pasquale's terribly failed Borsetshire wine collection of 1993 went down as a horrible failure to try and raise uh, money for children in need. But uh since then he's basically owed one to Borsetshire trust so uh they managed to pull him in for this year's e-fate the great thing about it is that they paid him and he didn't have to go anywhere because he did the fate from home he's actually in the bahamas the whole episode and you can just hear seagulls and tropical birds in the background he's in the bahamas but uh uh he is the the special guest of honor at the e-fate so that's what's happening that wow, week. Wow, he's a fucking dick if he went to the Bahamas during a... No, no, he, was, he was there before lockdown. Uh, oh, no. He winters in the Bahamas and he meant to come back in the uh, in March, but everything locked down and I don't actually know if the Bahamas is locked down. I assume they God, would God, that's be. how long his winter is? Oh, I hate him. <laughs> He's a moderately successful stand-up comedian. I, uh, to, to be to be clear, I don't hate real Joe Pasquale. <laughs> I hate the fictional version of Joe Pasquale you're currently constructing. Right, that week, that's the fate. I've set up the fate. The actual peril is that it gets hacked mm. in order to expose something. I, I, you know, that's for the bigwigs to to sort out. I, I don't know. There's got to be some kind of... Uh... No, it's for you to sort out. Damn You're it. writing uh, the episode. Uh, well, I'm only writing this... I'm, You're this is a not... writer. You know it's in for you my to episode. sort out. In my episode, I don't deal with what's being exposed by the, the hackers. Yeah, but, but we agreed that you had to yeah, come okay. up with it. Um, so, there's a... there's a who, who would be the most likely to be able to Justin hack? Elliott. Oh, no. Okay. No, I no, no, you not, say not to be the villain. To have a scandal. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, do, obviously, I was going to pick Justin Elliott to be the the villain of the piece, but who would be the most likely? I want someone like quite relatively young, a kind of nineties clicky clicky clicky. I... I'm in, kid. God, I guess Phoebe. Like, do I you was want thinking the person Phoebe. who's most likely. Okay, if you were thinking Phoebe, then Phoebe. Okay, so Phoebe. Because I was going to ask, do you want like the? Do you want the underdog, or do you want someone who the show views as extremely competent? Because it could be really funny if it was like fucking. It's Linda. Um, um, well, I was gonna, I was gonna say Jill. Jill's oh, like, yeah, no, I'm gonna embarrass <laughs> Linda at the fate. Um, so, so Phoebe hacks into the E fate in order to fill everyone's screens with Justin Elliott's. A drawn-up contract that Justin Elliott has signed, which allows him to inject <laughs> all of his. What does he do? <laughs> he does a lot of things. He does own a huge. Justin Elliott runs a big old pig farm. I knew it was pigs. One... Okay, great. Okay, so Justin Elliott is. Uh, he has signed a document that allows him through uh, a loophole to inject <laughs> bull semen directly into pig brains <laughs> which makes the pigs so dark swole going so dark we've had slavery <laughs> yeah and everyone agreed that was too dark bull bull semen in pig brain ain't that dark it's fine um 
Justin Elliott by some kind of government... Say the sentence one more time. (laughs) Say the sentence... Alex, say the the sentence one more time. Bull semen in pig brain ain't that dark. Okay, Okay, great. As long as you you said it, so Uh, it's true. So by some kind of government loophole... Um, mm-hmm. As part of the Brexit negotiations, Justin Elliott mm-hmm. was able to inject bull semen directly into pigs' brains, which makes them swole, but obviously is completely immoral. So, Phoebe <laughs> hacks into the e-fate and, and puts up this information, making everyone aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. That's the big drama of the fate. So one episode this week is obviously going to have to be dealing with Phoebe finding that out and then also finding out how to hack into a Zoom fate. So currently on the show, Phoebe has to work with Justin Elliott because of the contract that uh, Rewilding Ambridge has signed with the Borchester Trust. So is she doing this for revenge or is she doing doing this despite like the relationship? Yeah, she's trying to do this in order to like get Justin Elliott out of the picture and do Ooh, rewilding maybe, Ambridge properly. Maybe she threatened him first, like I know shit. Yeah, so and you he, better he back off. Is, you and he know, was like, I'm calling your bluff because I'm an old man and I don't believe women are capable. Yeah, he just didn't think, you know, he, yeah, he, he Justin Elliotted all over the place. Um, I say that he does kind of simp, so. Oh dear. Um, he does so, simple. He does simple a little bit for uh, what's a face. Not that much. That's been pretty mutual. Okay, I've so got, like, a whole secretary thing. Going. That's 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 the big that's the big thing. <laughs> so my episode is you know midweek and it is dealing with the bake sale. Now who would be the best person to do to organize an e bake sale? So it has to be someone a well meaning mm-hmm. and b really stupid because obviously an e-bake sale isn't anything mm, that's not really enough you know that's like 50 percent of the characters on okay the show. okay okay so so it's someone that's that. well-meaning and they're really stupid because like you can't sell cakes online like you can't eat cake online so they they bake mm-hmm. like a village's worth of cakes uh so they've got to mm-hmm. be good at baking or like confident in their baking not necessarily good but like you know they think they're good so they think they could bake 18 Victoria sponges to a chef quality and then, you know, not have any follow-up plan in terms of distributing those cakes to the masses. I was going to say Jennifer, but I think she's a little too competent. She's just over the line verging into actually competent enough not to do this. Mm-hmm. So... Oh God, this is really hard. All of the bakers on the show are, like very competent people there's not a lot of correlation here Ooh, you know who i think should do it natalie okay give me a quick tom's wife welsh the welsh wife okay so great natalie... this is such a natalie move biting okay. off more than she can chew natalie has elected to what does tom do is he important he's helping but he is you know not voicing his doubts okay great that's where he's perfect. at perfect perfect that's the um 
Okay, amazing. Okay, great. So Natalie is going to be, she elects to do this and she takes on the most challenging thing ever because one of the other bakers, like a super competent baker, basically tries to egg her on being like, oh yeah, yeah, you're going to be great. You know what you should make? You should make a party-sized pavlova. Ding, ding, ding. So Yeah, Jennifer does that. Okay, Jennifer, you know, gives her the challenge of a party-sized pavlova. Now we all know that pavlovas are extremely difficult to make. I think um we all we all know that we all know sure. that we're taught that in school so the the party-sized pavlova is the big disaster of my episode and right at the end tom says you really made a palava of that pavlova but up but but up but roll credits i think she would divorce him if he said that so that leads very nicely into a month that leads plot into the month long plot of them divorcing over pavlova pavlava and that makes a great yeah. hashtag for the people on twitter to get angry about god party size pavlova would be a great name for a punk band it's probably the name of this episode <laughs> <laughs> um so party size pavlova and that's the big thing it's getting made this episode what else did i have terrorist uh so it was terrorism specifically terrorism okay you haven't done serendipity yet oh serendipity um oh man grain oh grain well grain grain can come in like there's just a conversation about what is best to what is a pavlova this is the question that people haven't been asking you know let's Mm. all stop until we realize what a pavlova is not anna pavlova that's a different thing i know it's got meringue in it a crisp top (laughs) and soft light inside usually topped with is it literally just it's just meringue does it not have anything else what's on the bottom (laughs) nothing i'm not helping you i'm just watching the dessert is believed to have been created in honor of Anna Pavlova, either during or after one of her tours to Australia and New Zealand. See, I always say Pavlova with an almost Australian accent because it just sounds better. Pavlova. It's just so great. I, yeah, you're, you're, you're correct. Pavlova. So Pavlova. A, a Pavlova is... Yeah, okay, great. So they, they're talking about... Uh, she can't get the Pavlova right, okay? So they say, well... Wh- you know how how can you get a pavlova wrong it's just meringue and cream and shit and she says mm-hmm. there must be something in the australian grains the australians just have it better you know they've got they've got better they've got better grains which they feed the chickens with to get the eggs to get the egg whites for the meringues everything in australia is better we should move to australia um you know what they don't have in australia either tom and he's what terrorism <laughs> i yeah definitely for sure no that's not good enough oh oh we're not we're not no i I can't do i I get to say i thought that was kind of like a cop-out yes you can because it is okay that was a massive fucking cop-out yeah obviously so but the grains stands there's something better about australia and that that's a whole conversation about how yeah yeah because what would the archers be like if it was in australia it would be neighbours. I think it would be neighbours. Um, <laughs> wide, mostly. <laughs> wide. The, the, it'd be a lot Big. more time spent walking between farms. Yeah, every episode would have to be 20 minutes longer. Just, just to accommodate like, travel. Walking. Yeah, um, that's how that works. Yeah. Uh, so, 
Well, I, I, I think the terrorism is going to come in with, um, I've forgotten her name. The one that's doing, well, Phoebe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Phoebe is going to be accused of terrorism by Justin Elliott for threatening to expose this information. He's going to accuse her of cyber terrorism because he's just heard that phrase and he doesn't know what it is. But he says that she's a cyber terrorist and like likens her to V from V from Vendetta. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's the level of pop culture references that the archers can make is like a 20 year old film. So he likens her to V and calls her a cyber terrorist. There, that's my cyber terrorism. Um, Serendipity... Cyber terrorists would be a fun thing for the archers to finally have someone to go to jail for being. Like, you know, why do a why do a horse racing uh, track scam when you could be a cyber terrorist? <laughs> right? Why do anything when you could be a cyber terrorist? Why why pretend you're building a um a racing arena in Croatia when you could just uh do some elite hacks um so what is the serendipitous thing there's gotta be something have i used all my other words i had grain i've done that i've had pavlova palava which is setting Mm -hmm. up a divorce yeah i've got terrorism Mm -hmm. so it's just serendipity i mean can i just use the 2001 film (laughs) i mean if you can make it relevant um, You've already done V for Vendetta. Is this just like a particularly filmophile kind of episode? Yeah. Is there someone? Okay, we're in lockdown. Is there someone starting a a film club in the village? I think there's a bunch of people who might do that. I think Roy might. Um... And, and so one of the events of Fate Week, because it can't just be a one night thing, Ooh, because there's so much going Freddy? on, is that there's going to be a film night. And they're discussing what to watch and they want something lighthearted, but also about community and togetherness. And so they pick Serendipity. Wait, what happens in Serendipity again? It's about a New Yorker, New York dude and uh, a British woman and they they meet. And then they, they part really quickly and they the serendipitous thing is if they'll meet again. Right. Oh man, it's I was John totally Cusack getting it confused with a Beckinsale. horror movie. No, it's a I rom-com. I was totally getting it confused with a horror movie. <laughs> oh no. What's the horror movie that has a name like that where they're all on the spaceship? Wait, no, is that called Sunshine? Or Serenity, maybe. Oh, Serenity is Firefly. Maybe I was thinking of Serenity. Okay, no, that is not <laughs> at all what this is. This is a John no, Cusack rom-com. <laughs> I know that now. I don't know every film. I'm not some kind of IMDb entity, you know. I have my Honestly, other shit ex- going on. I expected better of you. I, I, I'd be balling, you know. I got other shit going on. Okay, so they, they, decide, they decide to watch Serendipity for the Archer's E-Fate Film Festival. How does... Um, Pascalis feel about the film? Is, is he there watching uh, it as well? I, I don't know if Joe Pasquale has been in a lot of films, so I don't know if he would have like a vested interest in uh, watching films? 
Is that what you're saying? I mean, yeah. like, there's no like, there's no like quota. You don't have. Well, to I don't know that. Uh, okay, I don't know that Joe Pasquale <laughs> is going to be in every in every night. So I think it's like an ongoing event. Right. Okay. I'm. Yeah, that's what I was asking though. I was asking if like Joe is Joe Pasquale like watching Serendipity. No, I don't think so. Does he have so. opinions? So is something happening with him? Um, does he have like an opinion about the village? Does he witness something bad going on? Does he like the village people? I see. I Does think he like YMCA? Being, I think. <laughs> I think him being in the just like virtually there, he becomes like a mediator for the um, the breakdown that happens when Phoebe hacks in. He's there, and he's like. He he's sort of in the corner like Clippy from Microsoft mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. being like, oh, I see you're in- experiencing some cyber terrorism. Would you like help with that? <laughs> um, Is Joe Pascali like a, also like a hacker? Uh, yeah, it turns out he's he's been hacking his <laughs> he's way. He's in cybercrime. <laughs> he's he's a, a sleeper agent for Anonymous. Um, <laughs> of course. Uh, so... I think I did it. Wait, wait, actually, wait. A sleeper agent for Anonymous. Yeah. That took me a second to hit me how ludicrous that statement was. So he's been covering by doing... They're not fucking Oxbow... Anonymous isn't doing fucking Oxbow Lakes on people. Like... They, you know, he went... Anonymous went quiet for like three years. And during that time, (laughs) Joe Pasquale also didn't release any stand-up DVDs. Related? Yes, I think so. Um, I think that there is secret code. Is this code. the wildest conspiracy we've come up with on this show? No. No. <laughs> um, I think that there was a the, Joe Pasquale's last stand-up DVD was in mm-hmm. 2006, right? So Joe Pasquale's work was done as soon as Obama took the presidency. He was just there, and there was code <laughs> and hidden signals inside all of his DVDs. Wait, are you saying he's the reason Obama got elected? We've gone so far off the road. Does this come up? No. Yeah, I didn't think it would fit into eleven minutes. Seems no, a little. That, that's the trouble. Seems a little too meaty. That's the trouble. Um, but I think I did it though, right? I think I wrote this episode. I mean, I mean, if you're speaking in a way where you said enough words to fill 11 minutes, absolutely. Right, exactly. My two <laughs> things, my two major plot points, you need an A plot and a B plot, right? Let me just run you through it real quick. My A plot is uh, the confrontation between Phoebe and, uh, you know, Lex Luthor. Um, I forgot his actual name. Justin Elliott. Justin Elliott the confrontation where he calls her a cyber terrorist and she threatens to expose the bull semen pig brain thing uh and your b plot is the pavlova pav pav la pav la pavlova pavlova no pavlova pavlova thank you and your c plot is deciding to watch serendipity 
right. I feel like Jazza is definitely involved in that decision making process. He feels like a person who would really be into serendipity's just whole thing and you know, he's he's a bit of a go getter, like a take charger. I don't think people give Jazza enough credit for that. He's Justice really got for his, Jazza. He's he's really got his finger on the pulse of things in the village, if you ask me. And in a, in a way that isn't conceited like some other people, like you know, to give credit, like Susan or Linda, they can be quite pretentious and conceited. Jazz is just a man of the people. Very Scottish. So what I'm saying is, BBC... Uh... Suck my... <laughs> and that's the end of the episode! <laughs> oh, I couldn't even finish at that time. I want to clarify a word I may or may not have said at the start of this episode. I was peer pressured into saying it. It's just such a good rhyme. But I did come up with it and I do want to take credit for that because I am a huge pervert. Right. So, uh, but I also wrote I can neither confirm nor deny whether or not I, I would actually like them to, you know, it's like... Okay, what let's not. To say. Right. Um, <laughs> I I did it. Janet, I, cut this out. I beat. <laughs> so I beat your archers challenge. I wrote a better episode of the archers than the archers is able to write right now. I came up with a more interesting idea than monologues. I came up with a whole e fate with Joe Pasquale. So I think I win. Uh, yeah, this has I been mean... fun. Let's see what happens next month. Uh, Perhaps they'll be, you know, it'll be the same. We'll just keep doing this until we've got a full alternate universe. Um, I mean, that's what I want to do. I was really, I'll admit, I was mildly hoping you would sort of like make Scooby-Doo relevant. That's for next time. I've got to leave, I've got to leave room for the sequel, you know. You make a good point. We'll do this again, so. Okay. I mean, really what I should do next is I should finally write chapter two and three and maybe if we're lucky four of the something's brewing Things are in brewing Sweden. In sweet, yeah. It's like, I don't know where to go with it. I'm thinking about like, you know, my pretty much one of my only interests is science fiction, so I've got to somehow make this science fiction other in the way Well, we never found out what was brewing in Sweden. It could have been a, you know, Space travel. Um, gay sex. Oh. That's always Most brewing things. in Sweden. <laughs> no, I guess it was like, you know, a hope for a brighter future was brewing. Or it was sort of, it, to, me, to be honest, it was more of a nebulous something. It was like, you know, the sort of anticipation. Mm-hmm. That's what I live for, you know. That's, that's, that's kind the of sexiest like my thing there is, right? Anticipation. Honestly, honestly, you know some good old ardor for life you know oh ardor is such a fantastic word i've been it's almost as using good as it way too much this week it's, like, it's up there i really feel like so there's dola which is such like an opposite word i really feel like you could get a good solid bbc radio comedy out of like there's two people and they're called Arda and Dola and they have kind of like one of them's like really miserable all the time and one of them's an optimist but it's switched Arda's the miserable one oh, and Dola's the optimistic oh. one um, 
And you know they hang out with a woman who complains a lot because it's the BBC. <laughs> because it's a BBC comedy. So there has to be a um, woman. Yeah. Basically. So BBC, what I'm saying, what we're saying is that you need to hire us for like a bunch of stuff right now. You owe us quite a lot of money. Uh, and yeah, we'll wait your check I mean, in the post before our next episode. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was going to think of something funny to say, but um, BBC, bitch better have my money, I guess. Right. Um, we eagerly await it uh, before our next check. time speaking with you all dear listeners uh so thank you for listening to whatever this was i hope you like my story uh i liked your story thanks had Um, had intrigue betrayal treachery the other word for betrayal um (laughs) celebrity guests bahamas love that place never been but um i'm sure it's fantastic trees there i assume beaches all the nice things right so uh (laughs) please tell a friend about our amazing joe pasquale e-fate uh episode of of this show and also Mm. of the archers and get them to listen to it when it inevitably comes out Um, make sure you tell them explicitly about the whole you know injecting bull semen directly into pig brains things and i'm sure they'll come right along they'll come just give give them a heads up that that is where the episode goes (laughs) or don't you know life's crazy well i didn't give ray a warning so you know what i feel stronger for it i'm glad i could help in i've overcome this and now i'll be a braver person I'm so proud of you. Man, wouldn't it be wild if either of us ever met Joe Pasquale and we told him about this? <laughs> maybe the maybe the news will get back to him. Someone don't at Joe Pasquale. He's got better things to do right now. At Joe Pasquale. Please. Well, in the meantime, thank you for listening. Uh, <laughs> I continue relentlessly to be Alex. Um, and I continue to be Ray, and ooh, you better shut that gate, or those cows, they'll just keep saying stuff when Alex is clearly trying to end the podcast. (laughs) Bye! Bye!